The Pentagon has long said that one of its biggest cybersecurity challenges is fragmentation of its networks. They're spread out across dozens of organizations and protected by thousands of individual firewalls. DOD's joint regional security stacks are supposed to help fix that problem. But the department's inspector general says JRSS is still plagued by training shortfalls and unclear requirements. Carol Gorman is the assistant inspector general for the OIG's Cyberspace Operations Directorate. She spoke with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu about what the office found in a recent audit of the JRSS. We focused on three outcomes of the joint information environment associated with JRSS, which was one, to reduce DOD's network footprint and the number of attack vectors to the network. And simply by reducing the number of stacks, it reduces the footprint. However, we identified that the implementation was not fully meeting the outcome to consistently provide information needed for cybersecurity awareness across the network because some of the functionality of JRSS did not meet the needs of the operators, and we also found that many of the operators had not received training prior to JRSS deployment and couldn't operate the JRSS stacks as they were meant to be. Before we move on to the functionality piece, I just want to stick on the reducing the, the, the entry points and the, and the footprint point for a second, because you say that there are, this is not an exact number, but close to, as of now, 3,000 security stacks at the base level that they're trying to consolidate. They've only eliminated 131 of those so far, which seems like a low number to me. Is, is there any sign yet that that pace is about to pick up and they're going to start closing down more of those base level security points? They do have a schedule to to do so, um, but they have slowed down the deployment of JRSS essentially to respond to some of the recommendations we had and also to respond to some of the recommendations that the testing community had with respect to the system. Okay, so let's move on to some of the ways in which this is not meeting users' needs and, and not meeting the JIE vision. And, and I realize that there are some specifics that you can't talk about here because of security sensitivities and some of it's uh, classified as for official use only. But big picture, what, what are some of the reasons why the OIG determined that this is not doing what it's supposed to? Okay, what, when we went out to, we went out to specific Air Force and, and Army sites during the audit, and we sat with some of the JRSS operators who explained to us some of the capabilities that they couldn't use or access, and also that they had not been properly trained to do JRSS work, so that even though the stacks were implemented at that particular area, they were unable to fully use all the functionality that JRSS is supposed to provide. And just to be clear on that, it sounds like they had been trained on some of the probably legacy equipment that was down at the installation level and not at these more complex regional stacks. Is that right? That is correct. And one of one of the factors that it, it's not explicitly in your report, at least in the unredacted section, but I think DOT&E has, has at least suggested in the past that it, it may just be that the structure of these things is so complex and the data flows moving through them are so large that they're just inherently difficult to manage and difficult to operate. And I, I wonder if you came away with any of that, that same type of conclusion or if any of the operators told you things along those lines. That was not particularly one of the, the issues that we looked at. And, and we had read the, 
DOT&E reports prior to going out to the field. So we knew about those issues already. Uh, so we did not further pursue that specific line of questioning when we were out um, visiting the sites. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, I think it's fair to say that the OIG concluded that some of the root causes here in, in, in terms of why there was a lack of training and why these are not operationally effective is just how they've been managed from the beginning as a program. And in fact, they really haven't been managed as a program. You say that this this met the dollar threshold where it could have and possibly should have been managed as a major automated information system under DOD traditional acquisition rules, but instead it was done as a tech refresh. Talk us through why that matters and how the management of this system or family of systems would have been different under the DOD 5000 process. In the report, we make recommendations to correct the specific problems we identified, such as the the training, but we also make this overarching recommendation that we feel would prevent these kind of problems from recurring in future DOD information technology purchases. Um, the, The DOD acquisition regulations require that major automated information systems that will cost in excess of $520 million to be handled like a a program, a regular program of record. Defining JRSS as a technology refresh as opposed to a major automated information system allowed them to not have to comply with DOD acquisition regulations. Had they complied, they would have developed a capability requirements document, which would have included input from the JRSS operator community, and we believe would have ensured that the JRSS tools fully met the operator's needs, a test and evaluation plan, which would incorporate testing throughout the development and implementation process, and a training plan, which would have earlier formalized the operator training needs. We did identify during the audit that some of these documents were developed on an ad hoc basis. The deployment of the JRSS are Estimated is estimated to cost about $1.3 billion, and we concluded that controls should be in place for such an expensive effort, whether it could be defined as a technology refresh or not. Yeah, and I think, I think one of the arguments against declaring it a major automated information system is that I think the department from the beginning has, has said, look, this is really an integration project involving commercial technology, and we want to be able to continually insert new new good stuff from the commercial world as this project matures. And if you declare it a, a, a maze, that just adds an additional layer of bureaucracy that makes that difficult. So is, is there a middle ground here? Could they have achieved some of the things that you think were missing from the management of this project without formally declaring it a, a program of record? I, I would tell you, I was surprised when I saw the $1.3 billion amount and there wasn't programmatic controls around this this actual procurement. And so our in our recommendation and then the department's response to that recommendation, they said they will they will keep that in mind and they are developing some further guidance to address these. We we feel that the five thousand series, five thousand dot oh two, there's allowability in that regulation to be flexible as far as what controls go around a particular program. And we think that that allows enough flexibility that it can be used and that that dollar threshold just needs to be implemented so that these kinds of procurements in the future will have those controls. 
Yeah, and, and along the lines of controls, this may be a very similar point, but the report also does specifically call out that there was a lack of internal controls in, in several different ways here, um, and, and you referred those back to the departments to address. Can, can you describe how internal control weaknesses played a part here? Sure, and, and internal controls are primarily put into place to provide assurance of achieving effective and efficient operations. Um, with respect to JRSS, this would include items such as the requirement capability documents, testing plans, and training plans to ensure that JRSS operates effectively. And, and as I mentioned before, because JRSS was designated a technology refresh, those types of documents were not required. Um, and as I said, some of the documents were developed on an ad hoc basis. And for example, in May 2016, the DOD CIO issued a JRSS functional requirements document. However, we reviewed that document and found that it did not include all of the capabilities necessary for the JRSS operators to perform their duties, and the requirements document was issued two years after DISA began implementing JRSS. And, and of course, this relates back to our recommendation to require components to follow those acquisition regulations for technology refresh that exceeds a certain cost threshold. Carol Gorman, Assistant Inspector General for the DOD's IG Cyberspace Operations Directorate, speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. We'll have a link to the report they discussed at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Check out Jared's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.